Happy Thanksgiving week, everyone. Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler, and I'm super excited to talk about one of my favorite all-time movies in the quintessential Thanksgiving movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And what makes this discussion even more exciting is that I convinced my cousin, Greg Ross, to come onto the podcast because it's fair to say that we probably watched this, I don't know, how many times do you think, Greg, <laughs> when we were I was kids? I my questions for you. How many times do you think you've watched this movie? Oh my, oh my gosh. A dozen? Oh, more than, a, more than a dozen, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah just, uh, well, first off, how, how are you doing? Uh, very well. Was excited for the prompt to rewatch this movie. Um, yeah, doing doing super well. Super tired. Uh, it, yeah, really. It, it, as many times as we have watched this, it's been at least five years, I think, since I watched it. Yeah, and which means this was my first time watching it as a father with like a family, like through that lens. Super cool. Super different experience. It is. It is. Let me throw you first a little bit to uh, our listeners. That So Greg's my cousin. Uh, I'm only about seven months older than you. And so we literally grew up together in Longview, Texas. We went to the same schools, uh, the same church, had the same friends, same church basketball teams, same baseball teams. And then we both went to Baylor. We lived in the same dorm. We even had the same major. But then you had to go ruin it all and move to Montana. Yeah, I get I get a bit of that. Um I was up here for I was up here for probably my second year in Montana. So we're probably talking 2009 or 10. And mom asked how often I planned to come home because she had done the math and I had only come home once each year or something like that. And she's like, if I die at the age that my mother died, I get to see you five oh, more times. Jeez. <laughs> she really gave me the guilt trip. Yeah, that's uh, that's like some uh, a major guilt trip there. <laughs> and she was laughing when she said it. You know, she she was like, "I know what I'm doing here, but it's kind of an amusing." But you should come home more, and so I have. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, in all seriousness, I, I appreciate you doing this because, as you mentioned, you're very tired, and part of that is because you have uh, two very young, uh, cute children, <laughs> and so, um, I, and I'm sure you don't usually have a lot of time to sit time to sit down and watch a movie so i appreciate you uh, taking the time to watch this one thrilled to no it's a wonderful excuse uh great to set some time aside just to do this like an assignment uh it was great thanks <laughs> yeah growing up together we had a lot in common and uh, mainly in the type of movies and entertainment that we watched and i, I would think it would be fair to say that we're drawn to the same type of humor is that a fair statement absolutely absolutely yes. So like uh, Tommy Boy comes to mind, uh, Billy Madison, anything early 90s SNL. We we sh shared a common adoration for Weird Al. Uh, anything basic airplane, anything stupid, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know if you can think of anything else. Those like checked some of the boxes that I was going to mention for sure, because this movie tugs on a lot of those strings. Um just checks the boxes hits hits the high points of the best of all of those flavors it's great so before we talk about the actual movie i, I was going to ask you just uh, because i know we both kinda, like grew up on this movie but i you know i couldn't tell you exactly like the first time i watched it or whatever so was was this something that do you remember like it was something your parents showed you i don't remember who i saw it 
first with, but I do distinctly remember watching it with my parents and then fast forwarding through the car rental scene. Right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, famously I, don't, I don't remember when, but uh, I for sure remember that. Yeah. So I know that this was like one of the few films that we owned on VHS. Like we didn't own many. And and the fact that it was also like rated R <laughs> compared to the rest of, movie, of the movies, uh, it was kind of a weird thing. And it's definitely because of the car rental scene. So yeah, like you, it was very much like a fast forward uh, situ you know, situation or, you know, it's not very helpful to mute the scene because he, um, he dictates the words so well it's you know it doesn't take much imagination to know what he's actually saying uh but i mean this is a movie that all people adore but i can't help but think that your dad probably really enjoyed this you know being a travel agent and owning his own <laughs> travel agency yeah my wife betsy had prompted me to ask dad and i failed to before you and i are speaking but to ask how many calls he got from stranded people or people who were like i've lost my ticket or you know just the meltdowns and i'm sure it was a constant thing for him but i never had that um touch point to his business to know like if he was taking a call at night that was probably what was going on but i'm sure it occurred all the time and I'm sure he loved it for that reason. Absolutely. Or maybe it stressed him out. I don't know. <laughs> it might have. Well, um, well, enough teasing. Uh, let's, let's grab our shower curtain rings and hope that our rental car doesn't burst into flames as we talk about the John Hughes road trip classic, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. During holiday travel, some people get delirious. Some get delayed. And some get <laughs> Del Griffin. American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. Neil Page got all three. I was on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family. Instead, I'm in a motel bed with a stranger. So instead of Thanksgiving with his family, he's spending three days with the turkey. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a 1987 classic comedy directed and written by John Hughes that follows the misadventures of Neil Page, a high-strung advertising executive played by Steve Martin, as he tries to make it home for Thanksgiving. Neil's plan go awry when he encounters the bumbling and overly talkative shower curtain ring salesman, Del Griffith, portrayed by John Candy. So that's basically the movie <laughs> in, a, in a nutshell. Um, so uh, first of all, I, I just want to hear... I think you you teased it. It's a good way to go into this. Um, flat out, like my early review, like I just think this is like a comedic masterpiece of a movie. Um, but especially revisiting, like you, it's probably been it's probably been some time since I saw it. I think I even texted you and jokingly said, "I really don't feel like I have to <laughs> rewatch this movie because I'd seen it so many times." But as you had mentioned, now having a family of your own, seeing it through that lens. Yeah, like, how, how did this movie change for you? I really expected a profound change. I really expected to have, like, my heartstrings tugged, like, oh, my gosh, I need him to get home. Like, his family's waiting, all those cutaways to them at the recital, all of those things. And honestly, I was like, just get back to the two funny people. Like, that I was watching the movie. <laughs> and that's all I kept thinking about was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, I haven't matured at all. And it didn't affect things one little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I really expected there to be a profound difference, but that was not the case. Um, <laughs> I certainly empathize more, but as a, a movie watcher, I did not 
care for those scenes as much. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You're just a heartless, heartless person. <laughs> Sometimes I'm reminded of that. It seems that way. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, probably like you, I mean, you, you definitely watch for the comedic stuff. And I, th I think, um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. The family thing. Yeah. It wasn't that so much, but it, it's still always kind of like, um, I, I just, I love the message of this movie as far as, you know, this relationship that he's thrown into, but to, to just, I mean, it serves as a good reminder to that, like all people are people. Right. Um, and there's always, everybody has their, you know, walls up to whatever that is. And just the moments of, you know, vulnerability that Del Griffith, you know, expresses is amazing, but then it, it works so well because, I'm sure most people could think of Adele Griffith in their life, like someone who like completely annoys you so much. But if any kind of emergency happened, you could call and you know, that person would be there right away. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. The, the odd couple pairing of the two and just the, the frustrations, but the likability and I, I, re I recall always watching this movie feeling bad for Steve Martin. And that's something that changed for me. I felt worse for Dell this time than I have in previous uh, viewings. He was obviously annoying, but such a sweetheart. He made, he made a bigger impact on me this time. Right. Yeah. And um, it, it works so well. I mean, it's probably, especially probably when we watched this movie, it was probably the first big like I mean, this movie is never really talked about as like something uh, with a twist ending. So you think of something like the sixth sense or something like that. But I mean, legitimately, I think it's a pretty big twist. Like at the end of when you're like, oh, my gosh, he's completely homeless. And he's just he's just trying to you know, make it in life. You know, it's pretty it's pretty heartbreaking. It is absolutely. And all the threads throughout that there is no way that one probably would put that together. But just seeing in hindsight, knowing that he's homeless, the the opportunities where he's probably more grateful, even than his jabby self, Gabby self is able to uh, express, you know, somebody bought his his meal, his cab fare, got the hotel room. Like those are not necessarily hustles, but they are a little bit. Yeah. But he he for sure like has to just have this immense gratitude that he can't express without tipping his hand. So he's just holding on to that for a while. Yeah. And I, part of the, this movie is, I, I don't call it just a comedic masterpiece because I think it's just so funny and completely holds up, but that uh, the heart element of it too, but I think really, you know, kind of, I would say maybe studying it this time a little bit more. I just realized that like, there's a comedic bit that occurs and it's funny on the surface itself, but John Hughes is such was such an amazing writer because a lot of these comedic comedic scenes plays into the characters. So even not even one of the funniest bits, but like when they're on the bus and uh, uh, Dell is leading, you know, them all singing Flintstones, and then <laughs> Neil completely falls on his face with his rendition. That's just a funny scene, just on the surface. But also, it just it, it it's just showing so much of 
the characters of these two and how different they are and how even though Neil on the surface would be seen as more successful, right? You know, he's the marketing professional. And, but he, unlike Dell, is not of the people, you know, like <laughs> he can't connect to anything else. All right, who knows a tune here? Who wants to sing a tune? Who's got a song? I got one. Uh... You got one, Neil Page has got one. Three coins in a fountain, each one seeking happy. You know this, seeking happiness. Thrown by three hopeful lovers, no? Flintstones, meet the Flintstones, and the Martones family. And so even like a scene like that, I think just it builds the story so much. And I think that's something I realized the greatness of this movie is just like how much is building these things. So when it does come to the end, it, it's such an amazing emotional payoff uh, for sure. And there, and you also believe in this short time frame that Neil would be capable of inviting Dell to come eat Thanksgiving dinner with him. You trigger a question for me. How much do you think, this movie is successful because of the writing and the story that's being told versus the casting and the supporting cast in particular. I feel like this, there aren't that many bits, that many gags, that many like jokes, mm -hmm. but every person peppered throughout from the boss just taking too long looking at <laughs> at all the, the marketing materials trying to make a decision to Doobies, Taxiola, um, through Owen, Snapple Lady, yeah, uh, and the State Trooper, like just all the people throughout that their roles aren't that like jokey, but yeah. just the way that they sell and contribute to the story and moving it forward. I I don't know which is more powerful, but the blend is perfect in my mind. It really is. And that was another thing. I just, I think the little, the little details that are in here, one, like you mentioned, the supporting characters, but I mean, it's, it's, it's really kind of throwaway, but it's even when they're in the bus station and they're sitting on this small bench and there's this like old man that's sitting next to them who has like a mouse, like, <laughs> like crawling on his knee. I mean, there's all those, like, there's kind of little things you catch, like in the background, you mentioned Owen, but even how like he spits the tobacco and when he wipes his, <laughs> wipes his mouth and shakes Steve Martin's hand. And so, uh, anyway, I, I don't know how realistic it is, but like kind of digging into some of this, they said that that was not planned. John Hughes had told that actor to do that. So that's why we don't really see Steve Martin's reaction because he literally like ran off real fast to wash his hand. Cause he was like completely disgusted, <laughs> you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, what the, what he had between like candy and, uh, you know, Steve Martin here, I mean, just people at their prime of, you know, comedic talents and certainly for like Steve Martin, uh, I don't have pulled up exactly all the movies he did before this, but he's definitely the, the jerk was like late seventies or something like this. So this was definitely, I think a stretch for Martin to really like, he's still so funny, but he's definitely the straight man in this movie. And um, I really think uh, I might be wrong. I know he did some movies with Lily Tomlin and stuff, and I, I haven't seen those, but this definitely was, I, I think part of that transition to where he was doing more like a movie like parenthood. Uh, that sort of, you know, that sort of thing. Cause I think parenthood is like 88 or something like that. Some, something like right after this. So um, yeah. And we're both, we're both 
huge fans of Steve Martin. Um, we we listen. Your uh, uh, I guess I don't know if it was your mom's or your dad's, but you had the actual like record of uh, Steve Martin's like stand up <laughs> comedy album. <laughs> it's funny to think of now. Did we just sit in your living room and listen to that? <laughs> exactly right. I was I was remembering that earlier this week. So we would pull out the record player, which only in our house ever got used at Christmas for some Christmas records. Mm -hmm. And then if I was going to listen to Steve Martin, Bill Cosby, uh, I think we had a Blues Brothers record. Um, those are like the three things that it got used for some comedy Christmas or a soundtrack of a movie that, you know, <laughs> ridiculous i don't i don't know where those things ended up i hope they're they're taken care of well but you had so they had which one was it i feel like they had one of his first ones and then you had the second album maybe yeah. let's get small is that the one you had or is that the one they had but you had a cd because i remember just being so excited that at one house we had one of them at the other house <laughs> we had the other, yeah there's a period where it just you could go to either of our houses and get that Steve Martin fix. Yeah, which naturally made us the coolest kids to be around. <laughs> oh my god. There's so much freaks and geeks that just that triggers for me. <laughs> oh yeah, oh very 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 much. <laughs> and then yeah. I, I mean I and I I've, I've always loved John Candy too. And I don't think it like really hit me into um I was reading a little bit like the reaction to this movie and you know um, John Hughes did so many movies that, uh, you know, he was like the teen movie guy, you know, the breakfast club, Ferris Bueller's day off, those sort of things. So I think critics, I mean, always appreciated those movies, but they loved that this kind of was going into a different territory. And I think definitely was like showing, showcasing a different, you know, side to him, you know, um, even though like, besides that one scene that we talked about the car rental scene, I mean, it's still a fairly like pretty, you know, clean movie, but it was more adult in the characters and the situations and things like that. Yeah, I was I was trying to look through and remember, and I, I read a little bit about um, Hughes and had not realized there are some tragic just relational pieces that he had with previous cast members, held grudges and things like that, that were really interesting to read about. But I, um, I saw, I think he also did Home Alone. Is that right? Yeah, he, he didn't direct that one, but he, he wrote that movie. He wrote it. Um, as you were mentioning that this was one of your family's VHSs that they owned. My relationship with him is that home alone aspect that Nana and granddaddy had two VHSs at their house, yeah. home alone and the sound of music. And so if you're going to hang out at Nana and granddaddy's and you want to watch a movie, yeah. well, for us, it was home alone easy. So that was a, an easy one. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're for, you're forgetting a third a third movie, and it and it was uh, the VHS copy of Rudy because I remember our uncle Ken got everybody a copy of that movie that Christmas. <laughs> so yeah, he was. Uh, we, we need to ask him sometime like, why did Rudy speak to you? You know that much. <laughs> That's so funny, Cody Kofer, who you had on to speak about uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. And he ruined the movie Rudy for me when he just named Rudy as like, this guy's just a whiner. He's just a complainer. 
like, obviously he's he's got some grit, some stick to itiveness, but he does have a talent. Yeah, I could go off on it using Cody's voice in my mind, but it's like that kid does complain a lot. Uh, so I, it doesn't hold up for me the way that it, it used to really be impactful. And I'm like, oh yeah, Cody's right. I'm on his side. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, you brought up a good point of what's better here, the cast or the writing and stuff. Because um, I, I was reading more into this movie and, you know, like the, uh, it, it was famously like huge shot, like so much footage of this film. And like, apparently it was like, a four hour film at some point and they really had to like narrow it down and cut a lot of things out. And so I, I do think maybe it's in that case. Thankfully he had these good performances because they found like a good narrative thread, you know, and the cutting and everything like that. But um, I, I don't know if you saw this at all, but part like there's two, there's two scenes that um, aren't as fleshed out in the theatrical cut. But one is the, the guy that breaks into their hotel room and steals their wallet. Do you know the background of this story at all? You'll have to remind me. It's not coming to me now. Okay. So anyway, the whole like Braidwood in like scene motel scene, you know, in the middle of the night, this, um, um, yeah, this guy breaks in and steals their wallet and everything. Um, well there's several, and you can find the scenes online, but like they ordered pizza. They, they, they referenced at some point, that um you know the beer spelling spilling on the bed so you actually see like that play out like there's a deleted scene of that well apparently the pizza delivery guy came and because of the wallet switch up he didn't get tipped and so that's the the pizza delivery guy came in and that's why he stole their wallets is because he didn't get a good tip so that was uh that was one thing but the other big thing is that um his wife who is played by layla robbins um uh, Susan Page um apparently there was this thread where um and it kind of it kind of makes it understandable why she's kind of so weird on the phone but the, the narrative thread is that she is suspicious that uh Neil was having an affair and that she thought that Dell was just this made up um basically like <laughs> this adulteress that was in his life and so that was part of the her like her just big emotional release at the end of the film is because it ended up that like Dale was actually a male. <laughs> but I don't know if you ever heard of that before. Neither of those sound familiar. That's incredible. That <laughs> there yeah. is a lot of story to that movie then. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, so that kind of makes sense why she's like the conversations are so like between her and Neil are kind of, I don't know. I mean, they're having a conversation, but you can tell there's like an undertone with her that she's like, I don't know, kind of suspicious or something. It explains a whole lot. She's very cold. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's a good, that's a good way to put it. And I'll have to add though. And this is one thing. Um, so Hallie actually watched this movie with us, which was, a lot of fun. Um, and she's really good at like picking up certain things or whatever like that, but it especially happened. Like, so, um, they're almost to Chicago in the rental car when that whole scene, you know, going the wrong way and the, um, car catches on fire. And I saw in the background, it was the mileage si si uh, sign. And so it was like 101 mile or 110 miles to Chicago, which is really not that far. And she said, she said out loud, 
why doesn't his wife just come and pick them up? <laughs> and I thought that was a very good observation for her, from her. I mean, that's really not that far, you know, and it's like, surely they could have got to a phone and, uh, you know, had had them, especially when they get there and it's like all the parents are there, like someone was there to watch the kids. I don't know. That was kind of a, something that stuck out this time <laughs> to me. Give her a high five for me. I thought that same thing this time. I was like, that's not that far. I tried to write out where all they went. And I meant to look at a map from New York to Wichita to Stubbville, Jefferson City, St. Louis. You know, I, was, I yeah. wanted to map that out and I forgot to look at it. But yeah, how far really are each of those? But uh, yeah, she was very astute in pointing out that last stretch wasn't that bad. No, no, it really wasn't. Uh, I, I mean, enough uh, for them to actually stop at a, you know, a motel to like, you know, get sleep or whatever like that. That's just like, you know, I'm just going to see through with the sleep one sleepless night, you know, to, just to make it back. But, you know, I, I can, uh, you know, another funny thing I thought uh, I was also looking about the age of like when Steve Martin was when he did this movie and he was right around our age now, like when he filmed this so anyway that that was an interesting thing watching this you know like if this was released you know today this is my contemporary that i'm seeing on screen so uh thankfully i don't have quite all the gray hair that steve martin did at this point in his career and mine's all found its way to my beard uh, <laughs> uh that's not true i got plenty up top too yeah <laughs> have you ever been stranded have you ever had to scramble to like piece together something that that wasn't the way it was meant to be well this was kind of like uh, uh this was kind of one of my movie musing questions for you but i'll go ahead and answer i had kind of a story for this and uh i'll try to make it as short as i can but basically uh when i worked uh for buckner in dallas we did this massive like road trip buckner had several retirement um um uh, locations across the st state. So we were literally, we started in Austin and we did this big loop like to Houston. And our last one was in Longview. So it was this massive like road trips slash flights. And um, Lubbock was one of our stops. And so this was like a big video uh, production. So we had like all the equipment, you know, we had to hire, you know, we had a freelance photographer with her and uh, with us and a uh, freelance audio guy and all this stuff. So anyway, we get to Lubbock and <laughs> basically, uh, we were supposed to have this, uh, 16 passenger van and, uh, they didn't have it for us. And, uh, we, we had like pulled up in this, there's a, like a famous like steakhouse. Um, it, it's weird to say outside of Lubbock, but it was a little Big far from what's that? Oh, never mind. I'm thinking Amarillo. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's in West Texas, right? So like, <laughs> like it's not like right where Texas Tech is in campus, or whatever. And because I was kind of the new guy, I was the young guy. They they were all very uh, seasoned professionals. They were basically like, "All right, Nathan, like figure it out." Because like basically, we you know we had to have all this equipment in one you know in one vehicle, and um it basically the rental car company had like shafted us or something like that but i had to get go, get on the phone um uh, with who i knew at the time i was talking to a college student you know and so i kept on <laughs> i kept on going well if you don't have the passenger van you need to bring us 
two different vehicles, like two different fans, and he wasn't moving at all. And so I, I didn't quite get to the level that Neil does uh, <laughs> in this movie, but I was pretty close to it. And so I kind of had to piece that together, but while they were all just inside eating steaks. <laughs> so that's what came to mind. Nice. I want to bet it was Kegel's Steakhouse. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I went there with my boss when we went through town too. Um, <laughs> pretty funny. Um, mine would be similar time frame. While you were at Buckner, there was a period where I worked for Master Meter, replacing and repairing water meter parts, and we would travel to whatever municipality we had sold the company had sold water meters to, and like if a big enough malfunction was occurring, they would send us techs out to go repair them. It was, I was very Del Griffith for that time. I lived on Jeff's couch for, uh, I bet it was six months maybe. So we would hit the road on Mondays, be gone for the week and we would come back on Fridays. So Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, I was on Jeff's couch with no, with no lease, no home anywhere. Uh, because I was on the road so much. I was like, this doesn't make sense to, to rent a place. And so we flew, this happened a couple of times over in the Carolinas and North Florida area where um, thunder and rainstorm season and lightning would occur there along the Gulf Coast area that would ground our flights. And rather than waiting for the next day's flight, my boss and uh, coworker would frequently decide, well, we're getting a rental car and we're driving back home, which is probably 10, 13 hours or so. And I, that was around the time I realized I'm not a good night driver. I am very, <laughs> very drowsy. And so they would split the shift and I would just lay down in the back seat and nap the whole time while they would drive us across country. So I had no contribution whatsoever, but certainly was stranded a few times. Yeah. Yeah. No, with Buckner, I did. I didn't even really realize how much travel I did do with Buckner until like really like this last you know couple of years of my professional career of being like so grounded. And I'm like, Holy crap. I was like on the road all the time and we didn't quite have those situations, but there was a lot of, you know, showing up at a hotel and somebody had booked it underneath, a new, you know, another name. So trying to find, you know, um, I just remember in that case, like we got there and the guy was like, I'm sorry. We just, we, you know, we don't have your reservation. I was like, okay, great. And he's like, we have one room available but it's a handicap room. So the rooms are a little bit bigger. And I was like, I, I think that's fine. <laughs> just, just, yeah. give me, just give me the room. <laughs> we need a place to sleep tonight. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so what, uh, I mean, it, it's hard not to get into like the, you know, Chris Farley show territory here with like, oh, you remember when? Like, because to me, there's so many quotable uh, lines from this movie and so many scenes, but are there any that really stick out in your mind that you enjoy? It's funny that you mentioned the Chris Farley show because the parts, the highlights of this movie that stand out were also in that trailer that would show at the beginning of Tommy Boy, which I had on VHS, and it was set to the Footloose song. Uh, and so it was just a montage of all the different films by the production company. And so it, you would see Steve Martin doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and it would cut between 
different clips of different movies and it it felt like all of those highlights were encapsulated in that one preview. I'm going to guess Paramount. Does that sound right? Yeah, it's it's Paramount. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's in the Paramount trailer on the beginning of Tommy Boy where it's cutting to different movies and all of the highlights of this one, I feel like were in there. There were the pieces that really, I guess I could see how they were influenced by or became influences for later movies and those stood out to me in a way that i had not thought about previously the whole idea of the odd couple movie um you know tommy boy for example mm -hmm. um being this genre of things that i have loved just the let's watch how this burns down and then comes together yeah. uh, was was such a delight to see and then as you mentioned steve martin being around our age now how much the smallest thing annoys me maybe more than it would have in the past like the snoring the socks off on the plane like just all kind of just little ticks and little things that really in the grand scheme of things aren't that big a deal but they just stood out to me as like oh my gosh i can't that would drive me crazy <laughs> I, I particularly think the whole Bridwood end scene, uh, just from them like realizing they have to share a bed, um, just all the humor that happens there. But then, you know, like you mentioned the snoring, but how that be becomes, and then the Chatty Cathy doll, uh, you know, sequence, and it's so funny, but then it just flips to this, this heavy emotional scene. And even Neil in the moment realizes, oh my God, I have gone too far. Even before, you know, uh, Dell starts, you know, kind of expressing, you know, I, li I like me, you know, <laughs> like th that whole scene. And then I think it, like, you know, leading up to them waking up and then <laughs> together uh, and, uh, um, you know, uh, the, the, those aren't pillows. And then, you know, and I've always really appreciated uh, Owen in this movie. <laughs> so uh, I think that, I think that whole sequence is just, it, it, it's just great because I mean, everybody's probably have, has had to share a room with uh, somebody that may not necessarily, even if it's somebody you, you know, it's just people have their own habits. And when you have to share that same living space, I mean, it's that, like you mentioned, those are just little things that you're like, oh my gosh, I could not, I could not stand it if dot, 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 or whatever. And as you mentioned, they're sharing a room, which doesn't always have to mean you share the bed, but that was there. Like, obviously it's a movie and it's going to be funnier if that's the case. But I tried to think, I was like, would I sleep on the ground? And there's a time period where absolutely I would have gotten another blanket and slept on the ground. But thinking about in my 40s, would I want to suffer the next day about how painful that would be? Mm -hmm. There's times where when I was laying next to the crib, 
and have fallen asleep, you know, like just telling a story or something. And you just wake up after a half hour and you're like so stiff <laughs> and just realizing like there's some logic and calculation that had to happen. And their, their conclusion was it's worth it to share this bed, uh, <laughs> which, is, which is, I get now, uh, I get. Oh yeah, very much. And then, I mean, I, I think the highway scene is always just completely memorable. Yeah. Another like example of just good little, uh, back-to-back scenes, you know, even from the, uh, car seat, you know, being broken into, uh, Dell, Dell driving. And, uh, I think it's a Ray Charles song, you know, doing that and just then going, you know, going the wrong way that, that whole sequence is just, and then the car, it's just like, it's just one beat after another, but it all just like sequentially makes, you know, makes sense, you know, and has amazing payoff, even to the fact that this wallet, you know, this, switch wallets plays into everything so much, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's very masterful. Do you wear thick jackets enough to have had moments in the car where you think about that scene as you're trying to decide whether or not to take it off? It happens for me multiple times a winter now. Oh, I'm sure. Well, especially probably like, I mean, we have some winters here, but probably nothing like you have in Montana. (laughs) But yeah, you get in the car, the heater's working, and you're like, oh, it's toasty. And it it's wonderful having Betsy to help like pull off the one sleeve while you're going or hold the wheel or, you know, this is all before we had kids. I don't know what calculation I would make with kids, maybe just pull over at this point. But the uh, the reality, I think about that scene very frequently in the oh, winter. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like when I, uh, when I lived in Edmond and worked at OSU in Stillwater, so that's about an hour drive one way. And it's a, a, it's not like you're driving through city It's like it's country. And, um, especially those like, you know, December months, uh, you know, having the heavy jacket and especially in the dark where you have to like be careful of deer and that sort of thing. I mean, that definitely uh, always has played out in my, in my head. And especially like you just said, it's like, you know, how easy it is just to pull over and <laughs> pull it off and then get back on. But we always try to just always make up that time, I guess, you know, <laughs> like we don't have time, to, we don't have time to stop and be safe, you know, but yeah. Um, something about that, like the near death, experience in the car and uh they turn to skeletons you know just the cheesiness of that i love still it reminded me of the like do you remember the um dirty work oh yeah for sure norm norm mcdonald and he turns over and it's uh gary coleman and then adam sandler is like dressed as satan just like uh i wonder if that's like an homage to an homage i don't know the right language there for to this scene i don't know if they're throwing back to that or you know i think about peewee and the large marge story Mm. like the kick over to the claymation like freak out scene and just the the hilarity of those and and tommy boy like the deer just destroying the car like there's so many just threads of that idea is so funny just the the freak out in the car and then it all is just destroyed or fine and we got to keep going and we got to keep moving from here on out. Like that's a, that is a theme that continually makes me laugh a lot. 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it's honestly would be hard to replicate this movie now just uh, if it was set in current day. Um, because I was even trying to think of it's like, okay, what if I lost my wallet and or even I, I don't know, it'd just be so easy to get connected back to somebody right now. I know there's a lot of criticism for uh technology and certain aspects of our society and how much we rely on such things but on the other hand you know i i can pretty much find uh you know even like booking a hotel like you know when they're in the airport and they're all in lines you know waiting to call you know and he's like you called your you know wife i called you know a hotel you know just that sort of thing like how fast you could probably find a hotel that way you know things like that that you know i just uh, I think that's another thing that makes this movie uh, so great is just because it definitely is a moment in time when it comes. I mean, everybody can relate to the travel woes, you know, and how bad things can happen. But as far as like being so stuck like they are with one another, that, that I don't think that would really happen <laughs> today. Or how SOL he was for not having his car rental receipt. You know, yeah. there's going to be an electronic record of that anymore. They could find that. It, yeah, it's, I think you could still do it. And I wish I could think of a more recent movie that has done this well. But I'm sure there are plenty that just follow the model. And it it worked great. I'm sure yeah. that still exists. Yeah. Just be, just because you said the, the word model, uh, I, I saw this and it completely made sense, but there's an exterior shot really quick of the airplane when they're in the air. And it's actually a reuse of the 707 that was used in uh, airplane because yeah. <laughs> that movie uh, was also released by Paramount Pictures. I was, I've seen airplane so many times when that flashed on for a second, I was like, there was something that connected that like, that looks familiar. So I thought you would find that interesting. <laughs> That is. That's great. I did not catch that at all. I did think the exterior of the page house looked familiar. And I wanted to say Home Alone, but there was no uh, circle or horseshoe driveway. But right. it, looked, it looked like one of their homes that they have used in plenty of movies. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. For sure. Movie musings. I, as I mentioned, we're, we were both huge fans of Steve Martin. Um, besides this movie, do you have a favorite Steve Martin movie or role? So his stand-up is number one for me. He is the template, the model, the standard for me. But for movies, I hate that I have to go back to it. But it's Three Amigos. It is for sure lucky day. Uh, there's <laughs> he 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 took me back to that place when he was doing the, you know, after he gets punched and knocked out or knocked down, and then the guy picks him up by his crotch. And later on, he's got the funny voice, the my nuts hurt voice, which <laughs> I was like, that's over the top. I don't need that. But then they kept it going through right. the next scene, through like, you know, just the voiceover of the car. And I was like, okay, they're, if they're keeping it, if they're holding on to that voice, it's funnier than just the one little snippet. And then it just made me think of the, probably watered down uh for the <laughs> tequila yes. in, the, in the tavern and the cantina um i think that's probably my steve martin standard bear the jerk is going to be the close second it's just yeah. such a such a delight but you're going to say something here in just a second when i flip that question on you and i'm going to be like oh why didn't i think of that but go ahead oh no you, you weren't supposed to flip it on me <laughs> Uh, like you, I, I'm probably gonna 
I know I'm missing out on something. I mean, it's not my favorite, but Father of the Bride is always <laughs> just uh, you know classic. That's another one. If you haven't seen it in a while, you should watch just because you'll <laughs> kind of connect with it. Uh, you'll you'll see it in a different different light <laughs> for sure. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to I would have to go with the Three Amigos, even though uh, I'd be interested to know what other people. Um, and then oh oh another. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, another one that's high on my list. Yes. I don't own Three Amigos, but I do own Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. It's so good. Yeah. So good. This, you know, this movie is kind of interesting. I mean, it's a Thanksgiving movie, and I, I, I try to kind of do a little search of, like, what are other, like, you know, uh, Thanksgiving movies? And there's a couple, like, here and there that have touched on it, but it's kind of interesting. It's like a holiday that hasn't, like, is touched very much. I think, especially now in today's culture, we just move on to Christmas so fast that people kind of forget about Thanksgiving. I think uh, a lot of people are connected to a Charlie uh, Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving uh, special. Uh, but um, so this has made me think. But uh, sorry, this is another kind of tough question. But uh, what is one of your uh, favorite Thanksgiving memories? We did a lot of Thanksgivings together. I think the stacking on of thanksgivings is what i really enjoyed because i feel like we did one at our house around lunchtime and would come over to your house for an evening meal and i and i'm thinking about this more in our high schoolish years i loved the ability to do those multiple events and have the the one thing over here and then the get together over there um but there is not a specific one that stands out the way I have some Easter memories or some Christmas memories or get togethers of that way. Uh, but the Thanksgiving ones, there isn't one that I can just pinpoint as, yeah, when I think Thanksgiving, I think of this. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a tradition that you particularly enjoy? Like, are you a big turkey guy or like? Uh, if I have a turkey tradition, on Thanksgiving. It is the of the four times I have tried to cook a turkey, it was when I was cutting the turkey open, I remembered that I did not take out the giblets and the neck and all of those things. I have probably cooked three out of my four turkeys <laughs> with all of the plastic inside of it, with all of the just no, you got to take that stuff out and had to go hide it or continue cooking or fix stuff. I don't like cooking turkeys. Uh, I do not enjoy that at all. So typically I try and do a like a Lebanese type meal or something that rings true of Nana or uh, just ham, just something easy like that. Yeah. Ham's always a good go-to. Yeah. So you're better than, you're better than me. I've never even uh, attempted to try to cook turkey. So um I think my first attempt was we had Betsy's parents here uh, joining us. It must have been right after we got married or maybe we were not even married yet, but um, they were in town. And it was definitely as I was cutting it open that I realized this is undercooked and there's a bag of plastic right there. And, <laughs> and we're all seated down <laughs> right at the table ready to go. And I was like, well, somebody put the put all the sides back on get them staying warm because I got to go cook this thing longer and hide this mistake. Uh, yeah. Pretty embarrassing. Uh, as you're trying to impress uh, 
exactly <laughs> press them <laughs> that that's that's hilarious uh well uh any any kind of closing thoughts uh, with this movie uh i wanted to ask have you ever ridden a bus or a train i never have um oh a bus or a train not uh not a train like uh, like that's portrayed in this. I mean, it definitely was a train, but when, uh, when I was in Peru for a Buckner trip, uh, we, we got to take a, tra you took a train to uh, Machu Picchu. And so, um, yeah, so it was like about an hour long train ride. And then um, you would get to the, uh, the village. I can't remember where it was, but then you take this bus. Um, it's actually pretty frightening. Uh, because you go up the, this mountain and it's switchbacks, but you know, it's these like older buses. It's not like this like nice charter bus that you would think of. And I mean, these bus drivers, I mean, they, they do it every day. Right. You know, so they're used to, you know, driving these paths, but I mean, you're going so fast and passing other buses coming down, <laughs> but that was like a good, cause of all the switchbacks, that was like a 30 minute ride, like up there or whatever like that. And so, I'm not saying I'm not grateful that I did. I think it's pretty cool that I can say I saw one of the seven wonders of the world, you know, but I will say maybe a little overhyped <laughs> so, because um, now another thing is we were with the big group. So we had a limited time there, you know, and so then we had to go like you have to do the whole thing back. And I mean, it was like a day, a full day to just go and see this and I mean, it was very cool. I got some really cool pictures. Um, it's definitely a memory I have, but eh. <laughs> I have two thoughts. I don't know if you need to boogie. Um, I don't want to give you too much to uh, have to edit out, but you had primed me with a question that I wanted to know. I was worried having heard a couple of reviews of movies that I found near and dear for whatever reason that you may have been watching for the first time. And you're like, oh, I didn't love it. And I was like, oh, I loved it so much. But are there parts of this that did not hold up for you where you're like, in hindsight? Yeah. Um, honestly, uh, I no, I think I think it's <laughs> pretty perfectly constructed. I will say, like, uh, when Dell is selling the rings, um, the shower curtain rings and trying to pawn them off as like earrings and stuff that just that, that scene kind of i would say that was one of the few scenes i even at the the time i was like why would people even buy into this <laughs> but I, I would say that's a that's a little weak moment but um i don't know was there any scenes like that for you the the one that did stand out was like the memory montage as steve martin's putting together everything about and then he comes back to the station like it's a sweet it's a touching moment but just the 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 editing of how that came together i just didn't love it but i know how necessary it was for the the ultimate wrap-up yeah no i get it even when uh it's a little heavy-handed when um you know i haven't seen my wife in years I haven't seen my wife in years. I haven't seen my wife in years. <laughs> <laughs> like the echo. Um, also, it, I mean, this is a true 80s movie of like when the uh, soundtrack comes on and they actually use a vocal loop that we've heard from the movie already of Steve Martin, you know, you're messing with the wrong guy or something like that. It's yes. like, yes. like what, what, who was in the room? 
<laughs> they decide that would like make those moments. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a couple of those little audio clues. Or, yeah. And then the, I, I would be really curious to hear the, um, and for people who don't have the experience of traveling, then like probably um, Hallie watching it, I wonder if, um, I wonder if she needed the part at the very beginning where he looks at his ticket and they highlighted the time. Like they're teaching you how to read an airline ticket <laughs> by that decision. And I, I like for people nowadays, maybe needed. And I wonder how much, how necessary that was. You know, I grew up with a father who issued airline tickets as a business like i i was fluent in those pieces of paper so i'm looking at it from a different lens than others but i was like really surprised that they had to highlight or felt that they needed to highlight that part i just kind of chuckled at that I, yeah i don't know yeah and i mean it definitely hits more now of understanding i mean i knew in the moment like when we watched it as kids like how hard it was for him to make that flight i mean they they show how hard difficult it is but even now even even being in Norman, Oklahoma now and thinking, okay, we're going to go to Arkansas on Tuesday. You're starting to factor in like traffic. And th this is like Oklahoma, right? The fact that he is trying to make this flight like in New York city on like Thanksgiving week. I mean, those elements are definitely like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would, I mean, that would be even hard now <laughs> to pull off. So Yeah. And I was trying to equate like the guy that, you know, has him pay off, pay him off for the cab. Um, I forgot how much he ends up paying him, but I mean, you know, with inflation, like, I mean, that was, that was a pretty good bit of pocket change. He he paid him there. <laughs> That's a really good point. Um, the thing, I don't want to end on the like nitpicking. So I feel bad about asking that question at the end. I loved the, diner scenes like we're chatting over a meal we're like just the 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 bit about being in those places and this is our pause we've got to have a meal and try and figure out what the next move is like just those types of realistic feeling dumb and dumber like <laughs> you know, yeah with just this okay like there's just all these diner scenes that have just been classics throughout and i had forgotten how much a part of this one uh yeah this movie incorporates those diner scenes and just the I, I loved every bit of the movie for sure as cheesy or as much as i want to like pick apart a couple of things but there are just an overwhelming amount of parts where i just grinned knowing what was about to come or having forgotten what just happened and then uh really loved the opportunity to to connect and have this conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. And as always, check out movieyourlife.com for episode reviews and more. If you love this podcast, please take a moment to rate and review it. It really helps us with finding new listeners. Also, please consider supporting our podcast. Uh, there's a donate link both in this episode's description and on the homepage of our website. No donation is too big or too small. The support you offer goes a long way in helping us continue producing the content you love. 
certainly greg you, you love the content right i love it i love that i got to be a part of it thank you so much for allowing that <laughs> no well thank you so much for uh taking time out of your busy life uh I'm, I'm glad we got to connect and even though we don't get to spend thanksgiving with each other um in the coming days this kind of kind of felt like that connection there absolutely appreciate you making time for me nathan <laughs>